Grounds for a mistrial. Oh, yeah. It sure is. We're going to cover that tonight. AOC continues to prove just how much of an idiot she is. And more on Maui. More, hmm, on Maui. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Tuesday. I think. <laughs> I'm so confused. Seriously, I am so confused on what... Uh, all day long, all day, I don't know why I thought it was Thursday. I, It's beyond me. I have no idea. I looked down at the calendar and I thought, what? Tuesday? It can't be Tuesday. It's Thursday. Anyway, it is Tuesday. Good morning. Hello. Happy. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey, while you're here, right in the beginning, don't forget, I rarely ask this, but please hit that subscribe button right there. Really helps the show a lot. Costs you nothing. Absolutely free. Just hit that subscribe button. I'm sorry. It's a follow button. Okay. It says follow and uh, follow the show. We really appreciate that a lot. All right. Uh, we got lots to cover tonight and uh, we're going to cover all of that. But before we get into it, we're going to tell you about an amazing coffee company called Blackout Coffee. They sponsor the show. Just give me a couple seconds here to talk about them. You're tired of the same old monotonous crap brown water excuse you use for coffee? Get rid of that liberal tears blend. Get a decent cup of coffee, like a blend called Brutal Awakening. Blackout Coffee is a company that is right here in America and they care about good old American values, family, patriotism, the country, all the good stuff, honesty. Blackout Coffee cares about that and making good coffee and that's about all there is. These guys have an amazing assortment of signature blends. They're all reasonably priced. Take a look at this. Brutal Awakening, Morning Reaper, that's what I need. Smooth finish. Man, these are great. Uh, pitch black espresso. That's a blend for me. Covert op cold brew. Low voltage decaf. Not a big decaf fan. And here's a, a brand new one just for Independence Day, which just went by. Their 4th of July blackout coffee blend it is still available and uh, that is some of the blends you can find at blackout coffee they support our troops they support our first responders at work on duty coffee for america's warriors there you go they even have a way that you can donate bags of coffee to the troops send two cups of coffee to active military for every bag you buy this company, I'm telling you, it is amazing, and I really hope you will support it. Not only, of course, are you helping to support this show, but you're supporting a company that cares about America, that makes the best coffee you've ever had. I am a coffee addict. I drink coffee all day long, and I drink it in my Jay Sheldon Show mug. <laughs> mm. Seriously, get rid of that junk you've been drinking and get yourself a bag of blackout coffee. Just try one bag, that's all. Try one bag, you'll be back for more. And I got you a discount, a huge discount, by the way. When you check out, use promo code J20, J-A-Y-20, that's my name, and you will get a 20% discount on your first order. J20 is the promo code. There is a link at the top of our show notes, and you'll find the link to blackout coffee. Use promo code J20 at checkout, and you will get that amazing 20% discount. Thank you, Blackout Coffee. We are proud to have you as a part of this show. All right. Uh, by the way, the live chat is open. If there's anything you want to say or do or make a comment on, feel free. Put it in the live chat. I will see it. We are live right now across the planet. And, uh, yeah, we got a lot to cover. If you didn't know already, then you're probably living in a cave. But here we go again. Oh, yeah, Georgia. You have stepped in it. Georgia court reportedly publishes the Donald Trump indictment before the grand jury even voted on it. And then, of course, they took it down off the website. It was like a big oops 
Didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Fulton County, Georgia court predetermining the charges they file against President Trump before the grand jury finished meeting. You know, that enough, that in and of itself is enough for a mistrial. According to Reuters, the court's website briefly posted a document on Monday listing several criminal charges against President Trump. The doc document was then immediately removed without explanation. They said in a statement, no charges had been filed against Trump. Georgia court website briefly publishes then removes document. Huh. Reuters shared the alleged document before it was reportedly removed from the website. Here it is, showing the party, defendant, Trump, Donald, John, uh, male, white. Here's all the charges, which are insane, these ridiculous charges. Look at this. Absolute false statements and writings. This is insane. Fulton County just posted the results of the grand jury vote before the grand jury voted. The document posted online. Retired Department of Defense Intel operative Tony Schaefer compared the document's publishing, then subsequent deletion, to Soviet tactics. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Leverenti Beria, the Soviet, Soviet KGB ch uh, chief, once famously said, "Show me the man, I'll show the I'll show you the crime." I'm telling you, this just gets worse and worse and worse. Unbelievable. The state of Georgia, if you haven't heard, has criminally indicted the former president of the United States, basically for tweeting that people should turn on the television. They criminally indicted also the White House Chief of Staff for asking for a phone number. The former GOP state chairman for reserving a room. <laughs> they are willing to do literally anything to keep their grip on power. This is a tyranny, my friends. We are living in a tyranny. Remember when they claimed it was all fake? Everyone was lying? Congratulations. You trusted the government. Not my audience. I know you guys. Unbelievable. You know, like I said, if nothing else, this absolutely is grounds for a mistrial. There is just simply no doubt about it. I got another one here. Where is it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Trump responded, by the way. I've got it on my phone. Donald J. Tr uh, Trump posting on True Social. A large, complex, detailed, but irrefutable report on the presidential election fraud which took place in Georgia is almost complete and will be presented by me at a major news conference at 11 a.m. Monday of next week in Bedminster, New Jersey, based on the results of this conclusive report. All charges should be dropped against me and others. They'll, they never went after those that rigged the election. They only went after those that fought to find the riggers. That statement from President Trump just a little while ago on True Social. Unbelievable. Unfreaking believable. And it's just going to continue. It is just going to continue. Oh, how about this one? <laughs> Changing topics here. The COVID mandates. You remember those, right? Wear a mask, social distance bullshit, stay home, work from home. Well, guess what? 
they have uncovered new emails that show that all those mandates were based on a lie. The Washington Examiner. Not uncommon for politicians or bureaucrats to lie. What seems to be unique, though, is exactly how common and consequential the lies were during COVID. New documents indicate the entire justification for the vaccine mandates was based on a falsehood and that public health officials knew it. Emails obtained through the Freedom of Information Act show the CDC Director Rochelle Walensky and former NIH Director uh, Francis Collins were aware of and discussed breakthrough cases of COVID in January of 2021. Check the date, January 2021, right when the vaccines were becoming widely available. Now, in her email, Walensky says that clearly it's an important area of study links to a study raising the issue and assures the person she is sending it to that Dr. Anthony, so that Dr. Anthony Fauci is looped into the conversations. In public, not in an email, that was the email. In public, Walensky was saying something completely different. Two months after discussing this data, she said, vaccinated people don't carry the virus and don't get sick. After it became clear people were able to get infected with COVID even after receiving the vaccine, she defended her original statement by claiming it was true at the time she said it, namely for the strands we were dealing with in early 2021. Nice cover. We now know, however, that was, again, not true. And she knew it wasn't true. A professor at the Stanford School of Medicine, Jay Bakachara, called the revolution stunning. He pointed out that despite her knowledge, they continued to push the vaccine mandates anyway. She knew. She knew now, the real scandal in all this is there's very little harm in getting something like this wrong in a vacuum. COVID-19 vaccines certainly saved many lives, reduced the severity of infection for many more. But the fact that vaccine mandates were pushed, even though those people in charge, like Walensky, knew that people could still contract and spread the virus while vaccinated is indefensible. They misled us, which frankly makes it even worse, all based on a lie. Not the fact that they lied to you should really surprise you. I mean, seriously. Oh, man. All right. Um, <laughs> there's a lot going on. I thought it was going to be a, uh, a slow news day. Turns out it's not. <laughs> Maui. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, there are more and more stories. I just saw a little while ago on Twitter, X, that there is some sort of a huge press blockage. Now, this person said it was a 12-mile press blockade around Maui, that the press are not allowed to get even close to Maui. You know, normally something like this happens. The press is all over it. What have you seen besides those initial videos that are still circulating out there in social media? Anything new? Any new footage? No, nothing. Why? Because basically the government there is denying the First Amendment freedom of the press. They're not letting the press in. 
No one is allowed. Not only that, the other thing that they're not letting in is aid. People have come together, as people always do, to help. And take a look at this. This is some of the relief that is just stuck, rotting, and not getting to the people who need it. The government withholding every single one of our donations because we are not a part of FEMA and Red Cross. So none of this is eligible for giving out. Tell me why. I have no freaking clue. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I got another one for you, too. Hang on just a second. Let me get over to the, the other page here. Can you tell me how it's possible in less than one week to write, compile, edit, publish, and offer up for sale on Amazon this book? It is now available on Amazon from Dr. Miles Stone's Fire and Fury. The story of the 2023 Maui fire and its implications for climate change. $12.99 in paperback. I'm sorry, it's been less than a week. And this book is currently available on Amazon? What did I tell you? These little things, I am not headed down that hole energy weapon conspiracy theory stuff yet because there's just not enough evidence or information but when I find little things that make me go hmm I will put them out there and this is one hmm a book it doesn't say how many pages it is but it's available on Amazon less than one week they're still finding bodies and the book's out. Something smells, my friends. Something smells. Incredible. Right. What else we got? Washington Examiner? Oh, yes. Georgie Soros. You can tell I have no love for this Nazi criminal. George Soros's prosecutors, the ones he helped get elected, who've done nothing but not prosecute crimes, remain idle against criminals. This is an article from the Washington Examiner. It is great. Not going to read the whole thing. Check it out yourself. The link's in our show notes. It is fascinating. And there's the moron now. The man who would like nothing better than to see the entire United States of America crumble and fall. Last month, the Times reported homicides fell by 10% in the past six months. Welcome news. Gives you the false sense of security since other crimes across America, car theft, retail theft, are running rampant. According to the Council on Criminal Justice, car theft has skyrocketed more than 33% in the last year. Imagine walking into your garage or outside of your home and somebody stole your car. 33% increase. That is a reality for a lot of people. Last year, more than 1 million people had their cars stolen. The prosecutors supported, funded by George Soros, the men and women elected or appointed to uphold and enforce the law, are doing exactly the opposite, refusing to hold these criminals accountable. In San Francisco, prime example, District Attorney Brooke Jenkins refused to pursue criminal charges against two suspected carjackers, despite video evidence they're on tape robbing and carjacking 
and testimony from the victim whose car was stolen, and they wouldn't prosecute the case. Soros-backed prosecutor. Alvin Bragg downgraded the charges on a number of crimes. Theft vowed not to prosecute people who refused to pay for their subway tickets. Broken windows policing needs a big comeback, my friends. Yet when ex-Marine Daniel Perry tried to stop a dangerous homeless man on the subway, threatening other riders, he sure found a way to charge this good Samaritan with manslaughter. These attorneys' agendas come straight, straight out of the Soros playbook. He spent more than $40 million trying to elect 75 prosecutors who will enact his so-called social justice agenda, in which prosecutors either eliminate or push for very light sentencing against criminals instead of standing up as they should be doing for the victim and for justice. And that ain't happening because of that man. How is he a citizen of this country? Was he naturalized? Can we revoke that? You know, he's actually banned in several countries. I think the United States ought to be another one. Let's add us to that list. Absolutely. This man has done more. I mean, he's not the only one, but this guy's done more to ruin our country than a whole lot of other people combined. Head shaker time. <laughs> Big head shaker. You know, they use your taxes for a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff you don't know about. So when we find stuff you probably don't know about, we're going to tell you about it so you can know where your taxes are going. The American Medical Association is thinking about using tax uh, taxpayer money to fund, get ready, uterus transplants for biological men. <sighs> no joke, as Biden says when he lies. They floated a trial balloon for uterus transplants or biological men who identify as transgender, which basically is pushing the next phase of Frankenstein tech. An ethical analysis of uterus transplants for males, published in the AMA's Journal of Ethics in June, detailed the ethical arguments behind such a procedure, including whether or not it should be taxpayer-funded. The first success... They've actually done this. A successful uterine transplant conducted on a woman in Sweden back in 2013. But they say now some transgender-identifying biological men might want the transplant. And rather than funding objective me uh, medical studies on transgender medicine, the AMA has chosen activist positions in this rather delicate topic, according to Dr. Martin Macari, Professor Johns Hopkins. He told the Washington Examiner, why don't they fund a study on the 10-year regret rate of children who undergo transitioning surgery? Yeah, exactly. What is the suicide rate among those who undergo aggressive hormone or surgical treatment versus long-term talk therapy. You want your tax money paying for this? No, you don't. In our show notes, under the list of in today's show, it says contact your representative, let them know. That is a government website which will take you to a, a, a page that lets you put in your zip code, whatever, and it will tell you who represents you in the House, in the Senate, how to get a hold of them, their contact, their email, their addresses, their phone numbers. Use it. Call. 
Let your representatives know you are not putting up with this crap. You are not allowing your tax dollars to fund this garbage. This is insane. This has to stop. And you are the only ones who's going to stop it. Have you heard uh, Oliver Anthony's song? Of course you have. It's been all over. It's number one on iTunes. This fantastic song, Rich Men, North of Richmond. The music industry is doing everything they can to try and destroy this song and this man's career. There's another thing you can do. Buy his song. Download it. Get it. Uh, you won't be sorry. If you haven't heard it already, you gotta hear it. We better pray for Oliver Anthony, hard-living factory worker turned Bob Dylan wannabe. Three days after uploading a backyard video performance of his protest anthem, Rich Men North of Richmond, Anthony read from the Book of Psalms before an overflow crowd that gathered to hear him sing, The wicked plot against the righteous and gnashed their teeth at them, Anthony said, Bible and guitar in hand. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. A month ago, he fell to his knees, asked God to deliver him from drinking and depression, cried out for a purpose, and apparently God gave him one. Speak truth to power. Rich men north of Richmond calls out our nation's political elite, the politicians in the nation's capital, just a two-hour drive up I-95 from Richmond, Virginia. It shot up the iTunes music charts, reached number one. The video, nine million views. Wow, that's on a tiny uh, West Virginia radio station's YouTube page. In a matter of days, his social media has got almost a half a million Instagram followers, 300,000 followers on Twitter, Every talent agency in America is trying to sign this bearded crooner. He took up singing and songwriting only back in 2021. John Rich, among others, offered to produce his first album. Conservative influences flooded social media with words of encouragement and support. Meanwhile, corporate media platforms quickly framed Anthony as a right-wing cult hero trying to knock him down a few pegs. And you know what? We said, screw you, it ain't working. And now he's number one. <laughs> Good on you. Wow. If you ha Like I said, if you haven't heard it, seen it, check it out. It is well worth your time. And do yourself a favor, pick up a copy, download it from iTunes or wherever you get your music. Let the numbers grow. Small bites, folks. Small little bite for you, but it adds up. Puts them at number one. All right, Maui, Maui, Maui. More things. We talked a little bit about that earlier in the show, but take a look at this from the Daily Wire. This is incredible. What is wrong with this woman? You know where Paris Hilton is? She's sunning on the beach in water that not so many days ago People were in dying from the fires in Maui. Well, good enough, Paris Hilton has been trashed, as well she should be, for lounging in Maui, 30 miles from the site of those deadly wildfires. Idiot. She took some heat after reports circulated she was vacationing in Maui, by the way, the death toll is over 100 now and still expected to climb significantly. Sources close to Hilton said the hotel heiress had been helping out by delivering supplies to shelters. Oh yeah, I'm sure she was carrying bags in her hands. She probably had her staff send over a couple of bags of something. Vacationed in Maui with her husband Car uh, Carter Room and their son Phoenix. But Rightfully so, a lot of people just felt this woman is completely tone-deaf. A lot of people who were on the island left the island 
same waters our people just died in three days ago are the same waters the very next day these visitors, tourists, including Paris Hilton, were swimming in. While the main reason for keeping tourists away apparently is to streamline the efforts to make sure locals are able to uh, get the assistance they need without distraction, Additional reports from the ground suggest visitors could potentially put it, be putting themselves at risk by staying. Now, you saw the reports yourself that there's a lot of folks that have donated, given assistance, and it's sitting there, and it's rotting, and it can't get to the people, or it's not getting to the people who really need it. Hey, TY Network! Our masters, I can't click on your link right now. I'll check it out after the show. But, uh, I, oh, wow. Okay. We'll find out what that is all about after the show. Maybe we'll do it on tomorrow's show. We'll cover it. I don't know. We'll check it out. Thank you, uh, TFN Network. Appreciate that. All right. If you want to add something in the live chat, feel free. We are live, and I will see it, react to it. I got it open here. Uh, what else? What else? What? Oh, yeah. China back in the news and not for good reasons is it ever it is almost everywhere this is from the daily signal links in our show notes a scholar says it's almost everywhere and what is this scholar talking about china's infiltration of america's k through 12 schools <laughs> not kidding Almost everywhere, according to Peter Wood, president of the National Association of Scholars. That is, in every state they looked at, they found instances of it. But I would say it's concentrated in the feeder schools to elite education, which means mostly East and West Coast, but not exclusively those. The effort here is China's not just spreading around its resources promiscuously across the land. It's looking for places where buying influence will yield better results in the long term. It's widespread, much more prevalent on the East Coast and California. In April, the Heritage Foundation awarded the National Association of Scholars its Innovation Prize, which is intended to spark creative disruption in the conservative movement as we strive to ensure the future of American self-governance. Wood joins today's episode of the Signal Daily podcast. You can check that out. But it is the Chinese Communist Party's influence over our American education system. Unbelievable, and particularly in K through 12 schools. Talk about taking little bites. They learned. Little bites is exactly what's going on with these people. Unbelievable. All right. I, uh, hang on a quick second. I just got to cue this one up. Here we go. Why won't you pause now? Stop it. All right. Uh, one more, and then we're going to move on to our book, starting a brand new book tonight. I love this. It's a good news story. I always try and end with some sort of a good news story. And this is one. Man, if we just had a bunch more people like this guy. How beautiful, how much more beautiful would this world be? Again, if you're listening on the podcast on uh, Spotify or iTunes, wherever you happen to listen to the show on its uh, podcast version, the audio, uh, you'll have to check the video out on our Rumble channel, rumble.com slash the Jay Sheldon show. And uh, all right, this, this is just, let me just play it. There's subtitles. I'll read along as we can. Check out what happens here. This woman, woman is, is counting change in her car. I think he notices it too. Wow. The, the man, man notices. notices. 
this? Puts his gas nozzle in, in her car. <laughs> Do you see it? Did he just? <laughs> you see him? Wow. That is so nice. Closes up his gas tank. She doesn't even notice. She goes in to pay. I want to know where we're looking. Oh, dude, it's this. Uh, it's, uh, so it's this, it's this uh, guy. He just pumped this lady's gas over here, and he left. Look, she noticed. Wow. She comes back. And look, nobody's. And nobody around. Made my day too. Imagine. This guy sees this woman. Hang on, let me undouble my voice, sorry. This guy sees this woman counting pennies, counting coins to pay for her gas. And what does he do? When he's done pumping his, he puts his nozzle into her car and gives her a fill up. That's amazing. Wow didn't stick around for a thank you or anything just did it because it felt like the right thing to do there are still good people in this world my friends there are still good people in this world hey Corinne Hillam is that how you say it Corinne Hillam sorry uh, this is horrific yeah you're right it is I'm not talking about that story <laughs> she's referring to something before but Corinne thanks so much for uh, popping in putting a comment in the chat appreciate it all right and thanks for watching the show be sure and hit that follow button over there it is time to move on to our book we finished george orwell's 1984 last night wow amazing we started hundreds of shows ago reading books on this show hang on my headphones just popped out there we go and we did children's classic literature we did uh Alice in Wonderland, The Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, Peter Pan, all the classic children's literature. And then uh, one of our viewers suggested, oh, Karen, with a Y. All right, thanks, Karen. One of our viewers suggested that we read George Orwell's 1984, because that's really more about what this show is kind of, you know, focuses on. And we did. We just finished it last night, and I got to tell you, I was so impressed. Someone else suggested, keep going with Orwell read Animal Farm. And it just so happens that George Orwell's Animal Farm is in the public domain. So we're going to read it. Starting right now, we're opening up. This was first published back in 1944, believe it or not. It is George Orwell's Animal Farm. And this is chapter one. Mr. Jones of the manor farm, had locked the hen houses for the night, but was too drunk to remember to shut the pop holes. With the ring of light from his lantern dancing from side to side, he lurched across the yard, kicked off his boots at the back door, drew himself a glass of beer from the barrel in the scullery, and made his way to bed, where Mrs. Jones was already snoring. As soon as the light in the bedroom went out, there was a stirring and a fluttering all through the farm buildings. Word had gone round during the day that old Major, the prized middle white boar, had had a strange dream on the previous night, wished to communicate it to the other animals. It had been agreed they should all meet in the big barn as soon as Mr. Jones was safely out of the way. Old Major, so he was called, though the name under which he'd been exhibited was Willingdon Beauty, was so highly regarded on the farm that everyone was quite ready to lose an hour's sleep in order to hear what he had to say. At one end of the big barn, on a sort of raised platform, Major was already ensconced on his bed of straw, under a lantern which hung from a beam. He was a twelve-year-old, had lately grown rather stout, but he was still a majestic-looking pig, with a wise, benevolent appearance in spite of the fact that his tushes had never been cut. Before long, the other animals began to arrive and make themselves comfortable after their different fashions. First came the three dogs, 
Bluebell, Jessie, Pincher. Then the pigs, who settled down in the straw immediately in front of the platform. The hens perched themselves on the window sills. The pigeons fluttered up to the rafters. The sheep and cows lay down behind the pigs and began to chew the cud. The two cart horses, Boxer and Clover, came in together, walking very slowly, setting down their vast hairy hooves with great care, lest there should be some small animal concealed in the straw. Clover was a stout motherly mare, approaching middle life, who had never quite got her figure back after her fourth foal. Boxer was an enormous beast, nearly eighteen hands high, and as strong as any two ordinary horses put together. A white stripe down his nose gave him a somewhat stupid appearance, and in fact he was not of first-rate intelligence. But he was universally respected for his steadiness of character and tremendous powers of work. After the horses came Muriel, the white goat, Benjamin, the donkey, Benjamin was the oldest animal on the farm, and the worst-tempered. He seldom talked, and when he did, it was usually to make some cynical remark. For instance, he would say that God had given him a tail to keep the flies off, but that he would sooner have had no tail and no flies. Alone among the animals on the farm, he never laughed. If he had asked why, he would say something that he saw nothing to laugh at. Nevertheless, without openly admitting it, he was devoted to Boxer. The two of them usually spent their Sundays together in the small paddock beyond the orchard, grazing side by side and never speaking. The two horses had just lain down when a brood of ducklings who'd lost their mother filed into the barn, cheeping feebly and wandering from side to side to find some place where they wouldn't be trodden on. Clover made a sort of wall around them with her great foreleg, and the ducklings nestled down inside it and promptly fell asleep. At the last moment, Molly, the foolish, pretty white mare who drew Mr. Jones' trap, came mincingly, daintily in, chewing at a lump of sugar. She took a place near the front, and began flirting her white mane, hoping to draw attention to the red ribbons it was plated with. Last of all came the cat, who looked around, as usual, for the warmest place, and finally squeezed herself in between Boxer and Clover. There she purred contentedly throughout Major's speech, without listening to a word of what he was saying. All the animals were present now, except Moses, the tame raven, who slept on a perch behind the back door. When Major saw they had all made themselves comfortable and were waiting attentively, he cleared his throat and began. <clears throat> Comrades, you've heard already about the strange dream that I had last night, but I will come to the dream later. I have something else to say first. I do not think, comrades, that I shall be with you for many months longer, and before I die, I feel it's my duty to pass on to you such wisdom as I have acquired. I've had a long life. I have had much time for thought as I lay alone in my stall. And I think I may say now that I understand the nature of life on this earth as well as any animal now living. It is about this I wish to speak to you. Now, comrades, what is the nature of this life of ours? Let's face it, our lives are miserable, laborious, short. We were born... We're given just so much food as will keep breath in our bodies. And those of us capable of it are forced to work to the last atom of our strength. The very instant our usefulness has come to an end, 
we are slaughtered with hideous cruelty. No animal in England knows the meaning of happiness or leisure after he is a year old. No animal in England is free. The life of an animal is misery and slavery. That is the plain truth. But is this simply part of the order of nature? Is it because this land of ours is so poor it can't afford a decent life for those who dwell upon it? No, comrades, a thousand times no. The soil of England is fertile. Climate is good, capable of affording food in abundance to an enormously greater number of animals than now inhabited. This single farm of ours would support a dozen horses, twenty cows, hundreds of sheep, all of them living in a comfort and dignity that are now almost beyond our imagining. Why, then, do we continue in this miserable condition? Because nearly the whole of the produce of our labor is stolen from us by human beings. There, comrades, is the answer to all your problems. Summed up in a single word, man. Man is the only real enemy we have. Remove man from the scene, and the root cause of hunger, overwork, is abolished forever. Man is the only creature that consumes without producing. He does not give milk. He does not lay eggs. He's too weak to pull the plow. He can't run fast enough to catch rabbits. Yet he is lord over all the animals. He sets them to work, gives them the bare minimum that will prevent them from starving, and the rest he keeps for himself. Our labor tills the soil, our dung fertilizes it, and yet there is not one of us that owns more than his bare skin. You cows see that I see before me, how many thousands of gallons of milk have you given during this last year? What's happened to that milk, which should have been breeding up sturdy calves? Every drop of it gone down the throats of our enemies. And you hens, how many eggs have you laid this last year, and how many of those eggs ever hatched into chickens? The rest, all gone to market, to bring in money for Jones and his men. And you, Clover, where are those four fowls you bore, who should have been support and pleasure of your old age? Each was sold at one year old, and you will never see them again. In return for your four confinements and all your labor in the fields, what have you ever had except your bare rations and a stall? And even the miserable lives we lead are not allowed to reach their natural span. For myself, I do not grumble, for I am one of the lucky ones. I'm twelve years old, have had over four hundred children, such is the natural life of a pig. But no animal escapes the cruel knife in the end. You young porkers sitting in front of me, every one of you will scream your lives out at the block within a year. To that horror, we all must come. Cows, pigs, hens, sheep, everyone. Even the horses and the dogs are of no better fate. You, Boxer, the very day those great muscles of yours lose their power, Jones will sell you to the knacker, who will cut your throat and boil you down for the foxhounds. As for the dogs, when they grow old and toothless, Jones ties a brick around their neck and drowns them in the nearest pond.
It is not crystal clear, then, comrades, that all the evils of this life of ours spring from the tyranny of human beings. Only get rid of man, and the produce of our labor would be our own. Almost overnight, we would become rich and free. What, then, must we do? Why, work, night, day, body and soul for the overthrow of the human race. That is my message to you, comrades. Rebellion! I do not know when that rebellion will come. Might be in a week or a hundred years. But I know as surely as I see this straw beneath my feet that sooner or later justice will be done. Fix your eyes on that, comrades, throughout the short remainder of your lives. Above all, pass on this message of mine to those who come after you, so that future generations shall carry on the struggle until it is victorious. And remember, comrades, your resolution must never falter. No argument must lead you astray. Never listen when they tell you that man and the animals have a common interest, that the prosperity of the one is the prosperity of the other. Lies. It is all lies. Man serves the interest of no creature except himself. And among us animals, let there be perfect unity perfect comradeship in the struggle. All men are enemies, and all animals are comrades. What an opening! Wow! <laughs> George Orwell's Animal Farm. I am so excited to read this book. This is so good. All right, we will... Uh, We'll continue on where we left off on uh, tomorrow night's show. Tomorrow morning's show, I should say, here in the U.S. That's going to do it for us. Thanks so much. Hey, don't forget, please, just give a quick follow button right there. Give it a click. And uh, we really do appreciate that. It's free for you. costs you nothing. It really does help the show out a lot. All right. I will see you again tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Snort. <laughs>